It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is episode 12 of This Week in Fantasy. I'm your host, as always, James Seltzer. As we head into this week eight slate of NFL games, we've got a. I've heard people call it the Bipocalypse. Uh, I don't know if I'll go with that. I'm just going to say there are a lot of bye games, uh, a lot of teams on bye this weekend. Uh, we've got the Rams, the Dolphins, the Giants, the Steelers, the Niners, and the Ravens all on a bye. So. Uh, this week, more than any other, is going to be crucial to make the right decisions, to find the right guys, to to pick up off the wire if you need to, and just make sure you take advantage of every possible value you can find. So hopefully we can help you out this week. Uh, I've got Sigmund Bloom coming up in a little bit. I spoke with him earlier this week. A lot of good stuff with Sigmund. But before we get into that, let's take a quick breeze through the uh, the slate here. Obviously, a few less games than normal due to all the buys, but... Um, just a few things to look at with each game before we get to Sigmund. Let's start off with that London action at 9.30 in the morning on Sunday. Don't forget to set your lineups, everybody. DFS, whatever it is, be aware of that 9.30 game. Uh, I have definitely in the past woken up at 10.30 or something on a Sunday, 10 o'clock on a Sunday, and and been like, ah, shit, I'm screwed. So uh, and nothing, nothing more frustrating than that. So make sure you pay attention to that. Uh, Washington in, at Cincinnati uh, in London again. I, I worry a little bit about the London games from a fantasy perspective because it seems like they're all just atrocious and they're played so poorly. And obviously you will well, there will be some fantasy points scored, but um, and in a week with all these buys, I'm not sure you can get away from a lot of guys, but it, it is a bit of a nerve-wracking thing to, to have to be invested in that London game. But specifically for this one, uh, both of these defenses have been mediocre. Cincinnati has been worse than that at times. So uh, I do think there is the possibility for some offensive goodness in this one, even with the, uh, the whole London thing going on. Uh, I do like Washington going up against a Cincy D more so in the passing game. 
the Bengals have struggled against the pass so far this season, struggled across the board, but um, guys like Cousins and Deshaun, I, I think I'm willing to give a shot with Deshaun this week. Uh, not excited about it, but uh, I still can't trust Matt Jones. I know he kicked the crap out of the Eagles and all that, but I, I don't like Matt Jones this week. But I am willing to – Crowder is, I think, a nice play as well. And and moving to the Cincinnati side of the ball, Jeremy Hill, obviously coming off that monster, monster game last week, a solid matchup against a mediocre Washington run defense. And, of course, you're starting A.J. Green. Uh, Josh Norman, if he plays, he is uh, questionable. If he plays, obviously, it's a little more of a worry for Green. Uh, you can't sit Green either way. But if Josh Norman is out, which is potentially a, a possibility here – uh, not only is Green a great start, but he's a, a must-start in DFS and all that type of stuff as well. All right, let's get to the 1 o'clock games. We have uh, a lot, all but two. Uh, we have two 4 and beyond games and then an 8.30 uh, Sunday nighter, which we all know about, and, of course, the Monday night game. But a lot of 1 o'clock action, so, again, make sure you're set and ready to go with your lineups. Kansas City in Indy. I love this game from a fantasy perspective. I think the Colts' offense will be able to move the ball against the Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City has gotten zero pass rush this year. They're tied for the least sacks in the league. Uh, Justin Houston obviously will help being back, but uh, that team has really struggled to get to the passer, which is really good for Andrew Luck because that dude is amazing, even when people are rushing him, which seems to be constant every game, even though the line has been slightly better their last two outings against uh, uh in terms of pass protection, only only allowing five sacks the last two games as opposed to 11 the two games prior to that. So I guess they're doing something a little bit better. They are max protecting more. But regardless, it doesn't seem to matter for Luck. I love Luck, Hilton, Dante Moncrief back this week. I would even consider starting him in a season long depending on what your other options are. And I think they'll be able to move the ball uh, through the air Easily, I don't like Frank Gore quite as much. Kansas City a little better against the run, but still a nice play. On the other side, Indy's defense is atrocious. I'm starting all my Chiefs. Spencer Ware is a, a terrific play in any format. He's cheap in DFS still, which makes him a a, a really nice play there. So uh, I think we could see a really big game from Spencer Ware. And potentially, is Jeremy Macklin ever going to have a good game? So if, if he does, this is a decent opportunity. But I, I'm, I'm certainly more excited about the Kansas City running game than Smith and the passing game. All right, Oakland heading to Tampa Bay. Uh, one of those ugly-looking games. Even the Raiders are 5-2 and two somehow. But um, both of these uh, teams have struggled at times. It's the Oakland has been awful from a defensive perspective. So you have to like Winston and Evans this week, especially Mike Evans, who's just as uh, – target after target after target him and Hilton leading the league in targets so um I do believe that Evans is a nice play this week as is Jaquiz Rogers again I mean dude's getting work and he's making it happen granted last week against the worst run defense in football but Oakland hasn't been much better so uh, I do like all that the Tampa Bay offensive guys this week and and same on the Oakland side Tampa Bay's D a little bit better than Oakland but hasn't been anything to write home about and Carr Crabtree Cooper uh, I'm probably rolling with those guys. I'm I'm avoiding the running game. Tampa's been a little better against the run, and and I am not a huge Latavius Murray fan. All right, Seattle heading into New Orleans this is an interesting one because, you know, any game at the Superdome, you're expecting lots of points. But that Seattle defense is, is pretty good. But when you actually look at it, they've actually struggled a fair amount over the last month, especially against the pass which obviously does not bode well going up against Drew Brees. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a super high-scoring game, but... 
I don't think that Breeze is a, an obvious, uh, I don't want to say sit, you know, DFS, you're, you're probably not starting him, but if you own Drew Breeze, you're starting him, but I, I don't think you have to expect as poor a showing as you might have going up against Seattle. Uh, that past event's not as dominant a, as it's been, and New Orleans really good at home, and Breeze obviously has been terrific this year, so I, I am rolling with my uh, my Saints passing game guys, and of course, Brandon Cook's running out of the slot a fair amount and moving around, so... Uh, you don't expect him to be lined up with Richard Sherman all game, so I think there's value there. I, I, I'm willing to start my Saints this week against the Seahawks. Uh, maybe, again, not in DFS, but certainly in season-long leagues. And, of course, you're, you're starting your Seahawks going up against that New Orleans defense. Jimmy Graham coming back to New Orleans. I could see Graham having a big game, obviously, and uh, Christine Michael, a nice play as well against that crappy Saints Rundy. All right, Detroit heading into Houston. This is one of the many uh, unexciting tilts this weekend, uh, uh, even though both teams over 500. From a fantasy perspective, uh, not a ton to get too excited about. Houston has been good against the pass, so that that worries you a little bit about Stafford in that passing game. Obviously, Detroit not running the ball well or or really at all with the injuries and and lack of talent they've had there. So um, even though Houston's been good against the pass, I still feel good with Stafford. Maybe not as good as most weeks, but... I don't see how you're sitting Matt Stafford right now, the way he's been playing. And and as a result, I think you play the Marvin Joneses and the Tates and, and those guys as well. But um, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, so I'm not going crazy, but I don't think it's a, a sit-your-guys type of matchup either. On the flip side, same type of thing. You, know, you have to like Lamar Miller. Yeah, hope. I, I think. I'm going to say I think, but in reality, I'm, I'm really just wishing and hoping and praying the DeAndre Hopkins actually gets back on track this week. It is a nice matchup. Darius Slay is it's a really good corner, but uh, the rest of that Detroit secondary, not nearly as good. So I think there could be some opportunities for DeAndre. And then uh, a sleeper, shout out to John Bartrett and the Iowa Hawkeyes as C.J. Fedorowicz. Uh, a nice matchup here. Detroit's been terrible against the tight end. Fedorowicz has had at least four catches, I believe, in each of his last four games and has been targeted more often. So... Uh, Fedora, it's a nice kind of sleeper play, especially in DFS formats or if you need a bi-week tight end replacement. All right, Jets heading to Cleveland. We could just skip this game, right? I mean, oh, God, potentially the two worst teams in football squaring off here, two of the worst. San Francisco, probably right there with them, but uh, certainly an ugly game. You usually love anyone going up against Cleveland. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, it's hard to love that guy, but I do think you're, you're happy starting Marshall and Forte and Anunua and the rest of that Jets offense. Is if, if there's ever a week they're going to put up points, it'll be against this trashy Browns D. Uh, on the flip side, you know, it, it does look like Josh McCown might be back. That would help Cleveland. If Kevin Hogan's out there, I think it's pretty much a lost cause in terms of offensive production, but... Uh, assuming that McCown plays, I do think that they could move the ball a little bit through the air against this Jets D that has been just awful against the pass. So uh, I think there is some potential there. And, and Terrell Pryor is questionable. If he plays, I think you start Pryor. I'm avoiding the uh, Isaiah Crowells of the world this week, specifically because that Jets D has been so dominant against the run. Uh, Duke Johnson, though, on the flip side, kind of an interesting play with the uh, – the passing game and the the need for uh, for McCown to get rid of the ball to a safety valve with that Jets D bearing down on him. Uh, I can see Duke Johnson putting up a decent game. And, and honestly, 
I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns won this game. I know that's crazy. Assuming McCown plays. All right, New England heading to a Buffalo. Obviously, the Bills' only loss of the season came at the hands of the uh, Rex Ryan-led Bills, a 16-0 shutout of Jacoby Brissett and the Patriots in New England. Um, so, uh, you know, if you know anything about the Patriots, uh, they're going to be ready. <laughs> There's never been a team that has played with a chip on their shoulder the way these guys do, and and certainly their only loss of the season, a shutout to a team they hate, to a coach they hate, uh, you can bet that the Patriots are going to come in ready to play and, and they're going to want to run it up. Uh, I would certainly be betting on the Patriots. I think it's a six-and-a-half-point line. I, it could be double that. I think the Patriots blow them out, uh, especially with LaShawn McCoy on the shelf. He's doubtful, so uh, I don't... Mike Gilsley, I suppose, is an okay bye week fill-in. He will be the guy, but... I just, I really feel like this game is going to be all New England for the entire 60 minutes. I'm starting Brady. I'm starting Gronk. I'm starting Blunt. Blunt, by the way, has been unheralded, but quite terrific. I think he's a top five fantasy back so far this season. Um, Edelman, I'm starting all my my pats. And, uh, you know, obviously certain guys will stand out more than others, but I I think there's going to be enough to go around against against this Bills team, especially a Bills defense in terms of a, a Blunt. It just made Jay Ajayi look like, uh, you know, the best running back in the history of the game. A couple bills to that guy. So um, I, I do like New England a ton this week. I'm avoiding Buffalo at all costs. Last of the 1 p.m. games. How about this? This, is, this should be a big one, right? NFC Championship game rematch. The Cardinals heading into Carolina. But it's not. It actually got flexed out of the 4 o'clock spot into 1 o'clock because these teams have been so disappointing, obviously. Carolina especially disappointing at 1-5. and five. Um, Arizona starting to play a little better, but coming off that 6-6 six, six tie that set football back a decade. So um, hard to get super excited about this game, but at least from a fantasy perspective, I think on the Arizona side, Kansas, uh, excuse me, Carolina's been just so bad uh, defensively that you have to like Arizona. Uh, David Johnson is just a, a must-start every week. Obviously, I don't think the matchup matters. He did it against Seattle, did it against the Jets. So um, outside of that, though, I, you know, I'm not I'm not super bullish about this Arizona offense across the board. You like Fitz. John Brown could potentially do something, but I'm not really excited, even though Carolina has been so bad defensively, especially against the pass. It's a good matchup. I'm just not overly excited about Arizona this week. I don't think this is going to be a shootout. And I think Arizona's D is going to play well. I would I would probably avoid all of my Carolina Panthers except Cam Newton. And look, Newton hasn't been very good, so he could be bad again. But you obviously, I think you have to roll with Cam, even though the matchup is tough. But Kelvin Benjamin against Patrick Peterson, I'm I'm scared of that. So and Olsen, you know, you're starting Olsen, obviously, but I'm not expecting a huge week there. All right, let's move on to the two four o'clock start time games. Four o five in Denver, San Diego in town. Another. Uh, uh, better team trying to avenge a loss to a worse team earlier in the season as, as Denver lost to San Diego. Uh, I would guess they do it. Uh, I'm avoiding my Chargers this week, except for Melvin Gordon. Denver has actually been really bad against the run, so uh, uh, Melvin Gordon's still a really nice play, but uh, easily the best pass defense in the league. So I'm avoiding Rivers, avoiding Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin and that whole crew, at, at least wherever possible. It's tough in a week with six buys, but... Um, from the defense, the Denver side of the ball, uh, you know, you've you got to like the Denver offense. I like Thomas and 
Sanders and the receivers there, but uh, the, the guy, it has to be Devontae Booker, obviously. C.J. Anderson out uh, for the foreseeable future, potentially the season. And uh, Devontae Booker has looked really good when he's got an opportunity, and now he's got all the opportunity going up against a really bad Chargers run defense. Uh, he is the, the go-to play in DFS if you're playing DFS this week, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever. He has to be in your lineup. Uh, and obviously, if you, if you were able to pick him up or own him in season long, he is a, a must-start this week as well. All right, 425 start in Atlanta. Another uh, a game that has some nice potential from a fantasy perspective. The Packers heading into Atlanta, the game that was flexed out of 1 o'clock when uh, Carolina and Arizona was put in there. Um, so, uh, look, I, I like both of these teams from a fantasy perspective this week. Uh, Green Bay going up against a, a bad Atlanta defense, especially against the pass. Atlanta's been pretty solid against the run. Uh, unfortunately, they're playing a team without a running back, so, or at least a, a prototypical one. So I, I love Rodgers this week and love Randall Cobb. I think Randall Cobb is just a, a, a awesome play both in DFS and, and season-long with the amount of volume of work in T- PPR. is a, a stud play. Uh, and Ty Montgomery as well, a, a nice play as well. He's going to get a lot of backfield work as well, a lot of touches, PPR stud as well. A uh, little nervous about Jordy Nelson going up against Desmond Trufant, who is by far their best weapon on defense in Atlanta. But um, outside of Nelson, I think I like everybody else in that passing game this week. Uh, and, and again, if you own Nelson in season long, you're starting him, and, and, and there is potential, but... Maybe a, a fade in DFS there. And then uh, the Atlanta side of the ball, man, uh, you know, I love the passing game. Uh, Green Bay has been terrible against the pass. They're depleted. They've struggled. So I'm starting Julio Jones in DFS. And season long, obviously, you're starting him. Uh, Ryan is, is a nice DFS play. All these guys, the entire passing offense, uh, Jacob Tammy, I'm starting. Sanu, even in the deepest of leagues, I give a shot to. But uh, I like those guys. And then in terms of uh, the running game, I'm Green Bay has been terrific against the run outside of uh, Ezekiel Elliott shredding him. But uh, I think Devontae Freeman probably a better play than Coleman, um, specifically because of the versatility there. But uh, I think both guys are, are obviously going to be involved again. But I'm probably avoiding those guys if I can get around it. But like the Atlanta passing game a lot. All right, Sunday nighter, the one that we uh, we all care about here in Philly for sure, is the Eagles head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Very excited about the game from an NFL football perspective. I, I don't think there's a ton of fantasy goodness here. Uh, Zeke, you're starting, obviously, uh, in season-long. DFS, uh, you know, he's been so good, I don't know if you, you, you don't go with him, but... It's not the best matchup. The Seagulls D obviously looked really good last week and has the potential to be great on a week-to-week basis. Um, but I think Zeke's still going to get his. I'm starting Zeke. I, I don't feel nearly as good about that Dallas passing game. Uh, Prescott has not seen a defense that is this aggressive and, and going to pressure him like this, uh, like the Eagles have the potential to. So I could see Prescott making some mistakes, and, and I'm a little less worried about that passing game. I'm Trying to avoid those guys. Cole Beasley's been really good. I, I don't know if you sit him, but uh, Des Bryant obviously coming back from that injury, uh, potentially likely. I don't think I'm starting him. I think I'm really veering away from the Cowboys' uh, passing game this week. Uh, conversely, on the other side, I'm, I'm not starting any Eagles running backs, but I do think Wentz could have a good week. This Dallas pass defense has been really, really bad. I know Wentz has seemingly regressed, at least from a stats perspective, the last few weeks, but... I think he gets back on track this week. I expect a good week from Wentz from a fantasy perspective. Jordan Matthews probably the only receiver I'm starting, and obviously Ertz has been uh, one of those guys we keep rolling with and hasn't gotten it done, but I think he could have something uh, 
involvement-wise this week. So so uh, potentially a, a nice upside play. But again, Wentz, the guy I feel the best about on the Eagles side of the bar. All right, let's end it with the Monday Nighter as uh, it's Minnesota heading into Chicago. I, this game stinks from a fantasy perspective. Honestly, I, do, I don't know who you start out. The mini defense is the best start of the week on the defensive side of the ball. But outside of that, I mean, Jay Cutler's back. Alshon, you know, it's nice, but it's such a tough matchup. I, I'm probably avoiding my Bears at, at all costs against Minnesota, especially coming off that loss. I think they're pissed off. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, I mean, you know, Kyle Rudolph's a nice play. So he's getting a ton of targets. I think Stefan Diggs could bounce back with a nice week, but for the most part, I'm avoiding that mini offense at all costs as well. All right, let's get to it. As always, let's bring him in, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest. He is the co-owner over at footballguys.com and has one of the most intriguing and interesting minds in the business. And, And I'd even venture to say that I've ever met and that's why we like to go inside it. You can follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Mr. Sigmund Bloom, what's up, brother? I appreciate that. And it, I consider my mind more of like a haunted house. You never know what's going to be behind a door or something that you haven't thought about for a while or a, a phantom or apparition. And I know we're all haunted by a lot of fantasy football miscues. So we, we try to set it right every year. See, that that uh, you just lived up to exactly what I was saying. All right, uh, we are going to jump into just a few football things and then do what we really didn't want to do and, uh, and get inside your mind. But uh, let's uh, start real quick. Uh, I just I'm going to I want to play a buy or sell game with you. But there's one one guy I want to talk about because we talked about him last week and, you know, he did it again. Like Jay Ajayi are, are obviously he's not going to run for 200 yards every week, I don't think. But is he more legit than than maybe any of us thought? Well, it's the offensive line that's legit. It's the offensive line that is more legit than any of us thought. Uh, and that's why maybe in very deep leagues, or just someone to keep on what I, I like to call waiver wire speed dial, would be mm-hmm. Damian Williams. With Aaron that's Foster a fun term, by the way. And, yeah, and it's speak, speaking of um, great minds, and we'll miss it with Arian Foster, uh, but I think yes. it's the offensive line. And I like seeing the Miami Dolphins getting rewarded at this moment for taking Laramie Tunsil because Laramie Tunsil, Mike Pouncey, uh, these guys are road graders for this team right now. So J.J. is running with great energy, great passion, and I think that that means that he's going to continue to help fantasy teams. If he's your fourth running back, say, you picked him up off the waiver wire and you could trade him for a pa- part of a package to get Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski or Tom Brady or Cam Newton, something that greatly improves your lineup, a, a wide receiver, a top 15 wide receiver, Randall Cobb, who looks great in this new offense, maybe I would trade him. But I think that by the end of the year, uh, he may overtake some of the running backs that you have been starting. And don't, don't forget, you know, he has a matchup like San Francisco in week 12 he might have his third 200 yard game this year yeah no it's a great point i mean san francisco obviously has been unbelievably atrocious against the run so far this season uh but uh, i also like that you bring up the tonsil thing because every year there's that guy who and obviously this was a case of a gas mask but um every year there's a case of a guy who's clearly an outside of you know quarterbacks or shots at franchise quarterbacks who's clearly the best player in the draft and he falls for one reason or another. Leonard Williams is an obvious one that sticks out from a few years ago. So yeah, perfect example. Yes. We, we see it every single year. One or two of those guys always falls. And uh, I think he was the guy. All right. Um, I, I want to play a quick buy or sell game with you, especially because um, we love to, to 
use the same terms for things in the fantasy industry. So I'm going to uh, continue that trend uh, of being lazy, at least on my part. Um, so uh, here's, I hope I explained this well, because uh, it's semi-confusing to me even. But um, so when I'm asking if you're going to buy, I'm going to give you a, a two players at each position. One is a buy and one is a sell. The buy is are you buying this guy who is not performing and thus, you know, someone else would be looking to, to deal. And the sell is obviously the, 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 op, the opposite in that someone who's performing really well, but are they going to continue? So do you try and sell high? Sound good? Okay. Bye. Cam Newton. Yes. Carolina's defense is bad. Even though Cam isn't playing well, uh, even with that, he's the number one goal line option for the team. Uh, and I think that you would see if he hadn't gotten knocked out of the Atlanta game, he'd probably be the number one scoring quarterback right now. So Matt Ryan. Yes, but I don't know what you can get for him. Um, I, I think that he's not going to perform up to the level he's been in, in the like, first month of the year. He'll still be a very good fantasy quarterback going forward. Uh, pr you're probably going to have to hold him, but certainly I would dangle him out there to see, uh, especially if he's your second quarterback and you have someone you can count on as your number one. Yeah, I agree with both those answers. Uh, I definitely like the idea of going out to get Cam, uh, especially coming out of the bye and that team kind of potentially not sucking. So we'll see. And, and obviously, I think Ryan, like you said, is a sell high, but it's one of those things where um, are you really going to get fair value for him? Uh, all right, bye. Todd Gurley. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to tell you a story that things are going to be that different in the second half. We may even see Jared Goff. But I like to bet on talent, and he had just as bad a situation last year. He eventually rose above. Defenses are going to start to get tired. He's an outstanding player. They're keeping him involved in the passing game. Something's got to give. Sell DeMarco Murray. I don't think so. I, 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 this is one where I'm probably – this is where we get into psychology, like my show on the couch, because I was so down on DeMarco Murray this preseason that I'm – I'm very hesitant to tell people to sell him now because he's helping he's helping people win titles, and uh, it, it, the way he's going, the blueprint is clear. The one thing I would say is this: make sure you have Derrick Henry. Make sure you either pick him up if he's there on the waiver wire, or get him as a throw-in in a small deal. Maybe as we go through the bye week gauntlet, he'll get dropped. So as long as you have that Tennessee running game, because Henry looks like he could be just as good if he got 20 carries a game. Uh, but for now, they're gonna they're gonna get every penny out of that seven million or whatever it is they're paying Murray this year. Yeah, I I agree on both counts and the Demarco thing, exact same thing. Especially in Philly, you can imagine uh, how uh, down I was on Demarco uh, going into this season. I thought he was a dog, and and he's been terrific. And I don't see why it would stop unless he gets hurt, like you said. So I think Derrick Henry is uh, obviously a, a must-have handcuff. Um, all right, and Gurley, uh, I agree. I, I don't know what you pay for him because, you know, that offense is, is in shambles, but I, I like the idea of betting on his immense upside. All right, bye, Stefan Diggs. Saw the flash. Okay. No. I just think the offensive line has problems. This is more of a spread it around offense. You know, Cordell Patterson starting to play a bigger role. Kyle Rudolph is looking good. It's a conservative offense, and I, I think that that, very hot start that Stephon Diggs got. We're not going to get that again this year. Not with, I think they are down to backups at both right tackle and left tackle now. Sell Allen Robinson and the Jags offense across the board. Yeah, it's probably too late. Sell, but it's too late. Uh, Blake Bortles. And we've been hearing stuff 
from sources sources <laughs> that Blake Bortles did not prepare for the season the way that you would want a quarterback to prepare for the season. I like to use euphemisms. You can fill in the blanks. Uh, <laughs> and it's it, he's playing like somebody who came into the season sort of helter-skelter, and I think you're seeing confidence breakdowns all around this offense. Marquise Lee, there's your buy, because he's the guy who just runs a quick five-yard route, and that's all Blake Bortles can handle these days. Yeah, I, I agree on both fronts there. Diggs, I, I totally agree that O-line is, is tough right now. It's not getting it done, and he just doesn't have enough time to let things develop right now. And But but I will say, Dynasty Leagues, whatever, I am buying on Diggs long-term. I think that kid is really, really talented. Selling Laquan. You mentioned Cam. I actually traded Laquan Treadwell, Sterling Shepard, and Eli Manning for Cam Newton in a Dynasty League where oh, I'm wow. trying to win now wow. uh, because, because the emergence of Diggs has made Treadwell's upside. Yeah for the next two, three, four years. Look Limited. I agree. All right, bye, Kobe Fleener. Sure, assuming he's cheap. I mean, this week against Seattle, that's one of the weaknesses of Seattle's defense. Uh, I think New Orleans is still going to pass a lot. And tight end is so brutal that if you don't have Gronkowski, Graham, Olsen, you know, Gary Barnage is kind of consistent. If you don't have somebody you're plugging in every week, you'll take a two for 15 if it means you have a chance for a seven for 100 and a touchdown. And that's what Fleener gives you week to week, even though he's not as good of a real football player as he is a fantasy football player. He should get better as the season goes on. And New Orleans is just going to pass, pass, pass. Well, you just mentioned himself, Jimmy Graham. No, nope. Uh, Russell Wilson is still not healthy yet. And we saw what he did in the second half of the year. He Last year, he won leagues for people. And when he gets more mobility as a runner, as a passer, you're going to see things start to really open up in this offense. Jimmy Graham is already the number one receiver in this offense. He looks as good as he did back in like 2011, 2012 for the Saints. No way I'm selling Jimmy Graham right now. Totally agree. I'm very in on Graham. Fleener, uh, yeah, I agree. would have to be really cheap. Uh, there's upside because of the offense, but I am uh, – Less than enamored with the uh, the young lad or, or not quite that young lad. All right, really quick, because uh, I want to get inside your mind far more than this, but uh, just a real quick, give me 30 seconds on the Eagles-Cowboys game from a fantasy perspective. Uh, lower expectations, uh, just because we saw Philly's defense flex their muscles, not Dallas's defense is coming on. I think both of these games, both these teams would rather play on the conservative side on offense. I think this could be a, a chess match, a 17-16 field position, maybe change on a turnover. A much more entertaining game if you're just watching it for football and not for your fantasy. I agree. I think that's a very astute analysis. All right, let's get inside your mind. We've got some either-ors. I decided to take a more lighthearted approach than some of our heavier ones of recent, but I, I love that too, the darker stuff. So I like to mix it up. So um, all right, here we go. Facebook or Twitter? Oh, you know, this depends on when you ask me. I, I am, my brain is programmed for Twitter, okay? Um, I, I like the illusion that people are listening to me. You're listening to me right now, thank you, and everyone else listening to me. So Twitter's perfect for me because, you know, if I were to boil down, and I'm not trying to, this is not a humble brag or anything like that, but I, I mean, I have tweeted, I'm going to get, I'm going to hit 200,000 soon enough wow that's how that uh, 200,000 tweets not followers you know i got I, you i knew you meant 192,000 i'm not even gonna say my number that is that is a like, lot of, of I, thumb action sir i have tweeted a lot over the years and it, it a lot of my twitter presence comes back to is there anybody out there can you hear me and then someone will say yeah i can hear you and i'll say cool <laughs> uh so just, it's a cure for loneliness. Yeah. No, I, I, for me, it's Twitter in a, in a landslide. I, I just think that Twitter is 
obviously I think it's more interactive in the moment, but also I, I just think it's the quickest way to get information these days and, and you can, you know, tailor to the information you're interested in. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's go with while walking music or podcast, like we're traveling or whatever. Okay. So don't tell anybody. I don't really listen to podcasts. Oh my goodness. Let's just keep this between you and me. Okay. I, I don't. And, and I suppose people tell me too, you should check out the, I mean, when serial was the big sensation. Sure. Um, Terrific. I love music. I music is a passion, maybe equal to or greater than football in, in my life. And anytime I can be listening to music, I want to listen to music. It isn't that I, I don't want to listen to podcasts. I don't want to get inside of other people's minds. It's just that when I am working or relaxing or anything other than doing my own uh, podcasts, I, I want to listen to music. Yeah, I get, I love music and listen to a ton of music, but I do also listen to podcasts as well. But I probably listen to too much stuff. Um, but uh, I, I totally get that. I uh, I don't get the no podcast, but I'll, I'll give you a pass because you're so good on the podcast you do talk on. <laughs> All right, Sigmund, uh, this, uh, this, you can get existential with this one, I'm sure, but you don't have to. Passenger or driver? <sighs> There's so many directions I could go with this. I know. So I did I not. I'm so not, open-ended. I <laughs> no, this is good though. I did not get my driver's license until I was 24 years old. Whoa. There's a lot of stuff here to that, but I think I had a, a hang-up about driving that, like, you're taking responsibility for yourself. You could hurt or kill yourself or somebody else. Um, it was kind of uh, realizing the greater responsibility of life you know when you if you have a driver's license in a car you can do so much more and go so many more places but there's a lot more at stake and i was just fine with being a passenger you know on, back in the good old fish tour days i could write the book on the duties of a shotgun passenger like, <laughs> it is very important i'm sure you could testify it, it, to this. it is i would argue crucial Crucial. I have made uh, many a uh, looking back on it. Why did I uh, ever consider doing that drives? Um, and, and without a good shotgun person, I seriously, I don't think I would have made it sometimes, you know, as I just went dark on it. So I was a professional passenger for a while. And then when I got my driver's license, um, it, I, I promptly totaled my car two and a half months into it. Long story. Um, and it took me a while to to not to get over that because I thought, see, you your instincts were right. You weren't supposed to drive. You're supposed to be a passenger. But since then, because um, I've done road trips, my my own road trips, um, covering the college all star games and you know drove us home from Coventry and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So I I have become a driver. I've been a passenger and a driver. Now I prefer being a driver, but it's partially because I feel like I need to work off the debt of being a passenger for so long. That's great. I totally get that. I was a driver almost always too much over the time. What I would have probably answered that to now is walk. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I fully endorse that. Yeah. All right. Uh, two more. One. One real quick, and then one. One more. Um, this is a, a one only because it's such a pet peeve for me, and I don't know if it really is a thing. I feel like there is only one correct answer here: toilet paper over or under. Uh, over. Yes, that is the under under gets out of control. Under is outrageous. It's like it's it's like we're living in a society, people. Like that's how upset it makes me. Thank you, 
Thank you. I knew you would answer over. That is terrific. All right, Sigmund, last one. Last week I asked you, would you rather be smart or funny in some form or another? So now I'm going to flip it around and say, what is most important to you in a partner, intelligence or humor? I mean, the intelligence, intelligence. Um, and I think it's just because, uh, and, and you know, this could easily lead to a larger philosophical discussion of what is intelligence. Let, let, let me, right. I'm going I'm to cheat here and I'm going to say intellectual curiosity. Okay. That's true. That, answer. That's, that's the kernel that we're looking for here. I mean, being funny, being life of the party is great, but you know, we're going to get old. We're going to get wrinkly. You know, we're going to have to spend a lot of time together uh, when our bodies stop working and things like that. And it's how our minds and our souls engage. And I think that that curiosity, that spark is really important. Um, so in entertainment is nice, although I think we should be able to entertain ourselves. So and in the process, entertain each other. Sigmund, I love that answer. I, I couldn't agree more. I, uh, I think you have to ultimately, if you're going to spend that much of your life with one person, you have to be able to talk to them and relate to them and, 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 and not even just talk to them, enjoy talking to them more than anything else. So totally, totally agree. Sigmund, that was uh, awesome. As always, really appreciate it again. Uh, follow him at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter and uh, the Audible eight days a week. Uh, Sigmund, anything uh, in addition outside the... Uh, the norm, uh, uh, footballguys.com, Audible, and uh, and the old Twitter? I'll just keep telling people about hoopsguys.com, yes. our NBA DFS venture. And we are, are depending on how things go, you know, we may be turning into a, a year-round all-sports DFS site in addition to the great football content we've had for decades now. Uh, really exciting times. Free through Thanksgiving, hoopsguys.com. Follow at hoopsguys. That is awesome. Follow it. Uh, and again, follow him on Twitter. He is a, a prolific tweeter in more ways than one. Uh, Sigmund, again, really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to talking to you next week, brother. Always, always enjoy it. Man, Sigmund's always, always awesome. All right, so that's going to do it for episode 12 of This Week in Fantasy. Uh, good luck, a big week again, all those bye weeks here. So make sure you uh, really analyze those decisions because you're going with guys you might not normally be going with. And, um, Good luck to all. Hopefully uh, hopefully the right decisions are made and we're, we're back here next week talking about some wins. So again, uh, this has been James Seltzer. I'll be back next week again with Sigmund Bloom talking week nine and, and much, much more. So again, for Sigmund Bloom, I am James Seltzer. This has been episode 12 of This Week in Fantasy. Just don't succeed up in my coffee playing Dino in a casino. Wanna look your number? Ask my